Welcome back, everybody, to SF Live. My name is Kai Hoffman. I'm the CEO of the SOAR Financial Group. And today we have a great and special guest, David B. Colum, or Dave Colum, as he likes to go by. And he's a professor at Cornell University, but he's well-versed in a lot of topics, and he's a fan of gold. So we're going to talk macro, what is happening in the U.S. in particular, the Fed, the Fed fund rates, how they're trapped, but also like endgame scenarios. I'm really curious um, about what is the next step in in the or for for the Fed or in general. Like, how is this whole scenario playing out? And uh, Dave has a great opinion. We're going to have a great discussion about it. Just had a chance to sort of pre-chat with him a bit. We should have recorded that because it was a fun discussion. But uh, I'll, I'll have him on the screen here in just a few seconds. But before I do that and before I welcome him, join us and follow us on YouTube and Twitter. Hit that like and subscribe button and to turn that bell notification on as well. That way you get a push message whenever we upload new content. Leave a comment. What do you think is going to happen? And uh, how is everything going to play out? What, what is your opinion on that? And uh, with that being said, let me introduce Mr. Dave B. Colum. Dave, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate your time. Uh, my pleasure. This is a, a fresh new look at the world for me for, for now. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk a bit of commodities as well. So really looking forward to the discussion. But uh, I'm, I'm going to start our conversation with a bombshell of a question, I think. It is, the question is like, Dave, when, when Armageddon? When is shit literally going to hit the fan? Um, last night at 7 o'clock in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 when they raided Trump's house, that, that could actually be a trigger, I think. Um, but, but Armageddon... Um, is defined as somewhat as after the fact, right? So, so when, um, you know, when the Nikkei tanked, uh, you know, they thought Armageddon had started and, and 20 years later, Armageddon was still happening. So, so I, I, I think it's, it's an infinite loop and, and you won't know until after the books are written when it started and things like that. So, um, and it won't feel like Armageddon. It'll feel like you're just rotting. I think it'll 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 just feel like a Chinese water torture. Yeah, a Chinese water charger. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um, no, yeah. it's it's an interesting environment, right? Like I've been saying, where it feels like for ten years something is going to happen, something is going to break in the system, and nothing nothing is breaking. Yes, we're seeing a lot of inflation right now, or very high inflation, nine point one percent as per last report. But the system is not breaking. What what's holding it together, Dave? Well. Um, I would argue that it feels like it has begun to broke, to break. Um, reminded me, I was a gold bug in 99. And so I was buying gold from 290 down to 270. And meanwhile, um, the NASDAQ was still roaring. And so I was feeling insane. And there was about five of us who cared about gold. Uh, and recently someone said, oh, you know, that was easy back then. Gold was so cheap. And I said, no, it's not easy when there's five gold bucks in the entire world. That, that's a hard time to be buying gold. Um, and then since then, um, it's done well for me because my cost basis is essentially the bottom. Um, and I have quite a bit and I'm very strong, strong fisted with it. I'm not selling it anytime soon. Um, when, what's going to happen? Well, I think, I think we've started a real bear market. I think we've, uh, I think the inflation has gotten into the DNA uh, I remember um, I wrote about the housing market and the subprime crisis. You're not going to believe this, but I can prove it if you need me, me to. In, to. in March, uh, May 6th of 2002, I wrote an email to a friend at Goldman and said, um, said we're, the banking system's going to collapse. And I laid out the subprime crisis. I laid out, the, I laid out General Electric going down. I laid out 
banks going down and it took five years to get there. And so, so I can be stupidly early. It was still probably my best call. Um, I caught the commodity rise um, from 01 to 13 pretty well, but it was because I thought inflation was going to roar. And, and it, you can argue whether inflation roared or not, right? You can argue all day about that. I would say it was ripping along pretty good. But, um, but I, at some level, got it wrong because no one else acknowledged that the, the inflation was here, but, but, but I did catch that cycle. And then I got a little hurt on the downside too. Um, I went back into commodities and resources in December of, of 2020. And I was first triggered by Exxon getting kicked out of the Dow. And I said, Oh boy, that's, that's a buy signal right there. Uh, and then the second important thing was, was when Jesse Felder pointed out that the S&P was 2% energy and it used to be 16. I said, oh, that's another buy signal. So I think the commodity cycle has started. I've seen estimates that say it's going to go on for 25 years. And, and you can make a case for it because we haven't prepared for it. We, we haven't been drilling. We haven't been mining. We haven't been doing any of that stuff. So it's got to go on for a long time. Um, I think um, there's two black swans lurking out there, in my opinion. Uh, they're not black swans to me, if I'm right, because that means I saw them coming. But the two that I think would shock investors to no end, one would be that Powell grew a spine and didn't flinch. And so if he keeps banging on the rates until the system really breaks, uh, and you know, people think broken is a 20% downturn in the equity markets. No, when something's breaking, there's teeth flying, there's shattering glass, there's bombs exploding, right? It, it's an, it'll be an 07, 08 repeat, I think, right? Um, you could see even the, the mortgage market top and start to collapse in 06. So you, you get a lot of warning on these things. So I think, I think we've begun. That's, that's my opinion. Uh, there'll be a lot of false starts, a lot of bear market rallies, a lot of declarations that 20% down means we're done. Uh, my market valuation metrics, I have 25 of them, they all say um, we're right now after whatever correction we've done, we're still over 100% over fair value. And it's 25, it's not one, it's not a PE, it's, it's a lot of metrics, they all say it. So if we correct 50% from here, you'll see the teeth flying in the glass shattering, right? I mean, that, that will break everything. Absolutely. Like you, you, you mentioned mortgage rates as well, and mortgage interest rates have just been exploding in recent weeks and months as well. Like, what, what does that mean? Because it seems like a lot of or homeowners have variable rates as well, and all of a sudden their interest rate or mortgage rate goes from let's say five percent to six, seven, eight percent, um, and that that makes a big difference. When do you see that 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 sort of bubble bursting there as well? And uh, maybe as an anecdote as well, I've been following quite a few YouTubers, and they've been all but talking about real estate. I own like ten houses, and they're all cross finance, like a massive bubble it felt like was building there. Um, feels like it's about to burst. And uh, auto I loans think is another one. Mortgage, about, by the way. You keep hearing, you'll hear about how we're in a bigger bubble than in 07 in real estate, but you can't see it. One of the reasons I think is because this bubble has gotten into private equity. Whereas in the, uh, in the 07 bubble, it was all retail. And so I, I think this bubble will break and the damage will be done with guys who, who took super cheap permanent capital and bought residential real estate, packaged it up in the tranches and sold that. So, so there will be pain there, but I don't think it'll be as systemic to the homeowners themselves this time. 
Um, I think it's already started. You can, you're starting to pick up rumblings of, you know, slow activity in the housing market and stuff like that. So I think, I think everything has started at some level. It's just, it's like when winter's coming, right? And I say, ah, oh, shit, it's so cold out there. You know, it's getting kind of brisk and you, you don't get the warning. I waited for a hurricane once in Florida and I ended up right in the eye of it. And and I'd look out over the ocean and say, oh, is that it? Is that it? And I was watching and the wind's kind of picking up. Is that it? And, and eventually it came, but it, it seemed like a long way. Yeah. Um, no, so Germans are what things will do in the crisis, what things will do in the crisis is a separate issue, right? Um, so you don't know if gold's going to go up or down. You don't know. You know, equities will go down if we have a crisis, right? Because people will start, the, there will be a, a liquidity crisis again. There, there has to be, I think, um, which I just whammied the whole model by saying there has to be. Um, and so I, I'm fairly optimistic that the, the apocalypse has arrived. <laughs> how do you, optimistic how do you say ap- apocalypse has arrived. That sounds like an oxymoron. Like, Well, I have a lot of cash, though. <laughs> I have okay. a lot of cash, so I, I, I'm waiting for I'm waiting to uh, be prying gold fillings out of dead soldiers on the battlefield. Right. Uh, interesting. Yeah, that's a, that's an interesting anecdote. Like cash, is that the right like instrument right now? Is that? Well, I don't know because if they can stretch it out, then they'll kill me with the cash, right? Yeah. If they if they it, that's why I'm rooting for apocalypse tomorrow, right? I mean, I I would love to have the markets just do what they got to do and get over with because because my wealth is eroding as it sits in cash. Um, I have probably thirty five percent gold, and my energy position. I'm old enough now where the position looks really big, but it's not a big percentage. So I I never quite know how to think about that because it looks like a horribly big exposure, but I go, but it's still not a big percentage. Um, if you put a gun to my head and so put all your cash into something, I distribute it across energy resources and gold. Um, Energy is an interesting one because uh, I want to talk a bit about the Inflation Reduction Act, which has a really interesting name. But oh, the for, for stupidest act, goddamn right? thing on the planet it has <laughs> nothing to do with inflation. Absolutely nothing. No, to do it was with like three hundred billion dollars are designated to pay down federal debt. So I found that quite interesting when I read about that. I was like, how does that have to do with anything? Like, but uh, you you mentioned energy. What is energy for you? Like, maybe define that as well. Like, how much of that is renewable? Like, is it just the, the let's call them the traditional fossil fuels, oil, gas? Um, coal um, to a degree. My only ex- my only exposure to renewable is basic resources. So I figure that if I own Rio Tinto, that to the extent that they mine stuff that's needed, um, I'll be okay. So I, I, I don't. I think the 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 alternative energy investing world is a scam. I think it's it's very scammy. Put it that way. Uh, and it might eventually not be a scam, but I think it's going to be a scam for quite a while. But they'll spend a lot of money mining important metals out of the ground. So I, I would rather own the big industrial miners, which, by the way, are dirt cheap. I, I worry, you know, I, I've asked a lot of smart guys, how do you know when something's dirt cheap or when you're being duped? And I, I've got some unbelievably cheap looking opportunity, unbelievably cheap. Look at Rio Tinto. Just there is a good example. Look at Rio Tinto. It's got a dividend. If, if I'm remembering correctly, because I have so many of these in my head. Got a dividend yield of something like eleven percent and a PE of five and no debt. And I thought, okay, there must be geographic risk in this. And then you look, and it would take an asteroid to take out all their mines. 
they've got some Australian risk, I guess. And that, that place is going to hell in a handbasket, but, um, that's that's like social, right. (laughs) That's like Canada. It's, it's not going to, they're not going to wrap up the mines. They're just going to take away all their civil liberties. Right. Um, and so I'm really comfortable owning Rio Tinto and, and I, you know, I haven't yet bought BHP, but I probably will just to diversify, you know, um, there's some dirt, dirt, cheap gold miners out there. And I hated gold miners for years. So I, I caught some of the rise from the Oh one bottom up, not a big exposure. Cause I never trusted the gold miners and, uh, and, you know, the liar at the opening, you know, tungsten bar in their front pocket, that sort of thing. And um, and and then one day I was listening to Fred Hickey, he starts talking about cheap there. And I go, I don't want to hear about optionality. And I don't want to hear about how much gold they have in the ground. I live in a lake. I'm not a fishery, you know, that sort of thing. And then he starts quoting the numbers. He starts talking about their cash flow and their their earnings and their dividends. And I'm going, wait a minute, that sounds like a tobacco stock. And I dug into it and I decided that the gold mining industry, which seemed to be filled with people who didn't know how to make money for years. And the fact they gave it all back, the whole bull market got given back. I go, you guys blew it, right? Gold went from 256 up to 19, settled back around 12, and you're still not making money. What kind of clowns are you, right? Apparently they tightened up. Apparently they figured out, oh, don't do that again, right? And so I've got some individual gold miners and a Fidelity gold fund. And, and, and there's one I thought was a great idea and it's gotten greater by price metrics. Um, I, Larry Lepard just, just, I happened to picked up a, a comment from him that suggested that, uh, it's my GMC, I think it's called GMC mining. I just looked at it yesterday. Again, it looks like they're giving it away. I mean, it, it it's unbelievable, but I, I can't tell if I'm, if I'm a sucker at the table and I've asked That's- pros. When, when you're looking at something that everything looks dirt cheap, what do you look for to find out if you're getting duped? What do you, what, what, what's the tell? That's I bought tobacco question. stocks when they were dirt. And, and the one problem was the risk of the lawsuit, $142 billion lawsuit. And I'm sitting there and I'm laboring. This is what I've told a million times. I'm laboring over the decision. And one day I read an article that says, if they lose the lawsuit, they're going to have to raise cigarettes 50 cents a pack to pay it off over 20 years. I go, oh my God, the lawsuit isn't even risk. So I bought a bunch and put some kids through college with it, right? I mean, it was really an amazing, because the last puzzle piece fit perfectly. I don't trust the super cheap equities because in a world where the yield is being reached for from every direction. When something's sitting right in front of you, you got it. You go, Mickey, it's a trap. The cheese is not free. Don't don't go for it. You know, um, and that's what I worry about. But I, I'm I am buying some stuff now. No, I agree. No, I'm fully there with you. It's just the overall sentiment, I guess. Like the the flow of funds is just not there yet. It flew like the the money. But, but went why more. aren't why aren't yield? Desperate value managers not spotting these. I don't. I don't know why. The guys who say their value are buying Amazon, right? I, why are they not seeing value? I, I don't have a good answer it's, it's, to that question. It's an interesting. Like back in twenty twenty one, before the summer or like during the summer, we had expanding in, uh, margins. Right now, with higher inflation, the margins are decreasing, and there's only a handful of companies that are actually investable for the for the bigger funds or for the bigger names for the bigger generalists. 
retail, yeah, we can play all we want, GCM mining, for example. But uh, we, we, we can't, or the, the big funds, they can only buy a Barrick and Newmont, and then it gets very thin already. You got an Agnico Eagle. The, those are the top three. And then volumes are too small. Market caps are tiny right now. So you can't even deploy that capital. I think that's one of the problems. And not everybody has a dividend policy, right? Barrick doesn't right. have a dividend policy. They do buybacks. But it's nothing you can I plan against. Buybacks. Right? I hate buybacks. I detest so, buybacks. So the um, investors that that want dividends, they, they're bypassing Barrick, despite them trying to raise, like, issue money or give back money to the investors. But uh, the algos can't plan with special uh, dividends, like they can't do that, or special share buybacks. I think that's that's one of the problems that the, that the majors are still sending the wrong signals. Well, so but I so I got onto it. A, a, an equity called Jaguar Mining, and and I looked, I followed the lead, and and there's this miner in Brazil, and you go, okay, I don't know what's going on in Brazil really, but there's obviously risk there. It's of course, it's not Canada, um, it's not Alaska, um, and then, uh, but it's, again, PE of five, big dividend, no debt. I, 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 I'm just baffled by this. And so, and then it got cheaper and then it got cheaper and I'm not buying more right now because I, I, I'm thinking, you know, this could be Bernie Madoff micro cap, you know, and I, I just, I just don't know what I'm not miss. I'm not catching. It's, I, it's just a very complex topic, right? Like a lot of geology, it's too technical for many as well like right. what do the assets yield like do they find more ounces do they f it's a depleting reserve base usually as well unless they spend right. tons of money on on research meaning exploration or they buy assets right but some so, of them are so cheap that it would take three years of production to pay off your investment i, I yeah. mean they're just um no, the market is ones? irrational the market is really irrational if you if but you it look makes at no it. sense it makes no sense when there are vast swaths of people who say nothing's cheap. What do I buy? How are these sitting there? It's like the economist who says, you know, the market's efficient. If there was a $100 bill on the ground, it can't be real because it wouldn't be there. You know, it's one of, I'm seeing $100 bills on the ground in places that I'm uncomfortable with. I, I, and, uncomfortable, uh, I think is the right words is mining as well. A lot of people are uncomfortable with mining investments. Very much so. Right. So I think that's, that's a factor as well. And it's and just a lack of dividend. Just... We talked in advance about the platinum miners. Yeah. I did a deep dive on platinum miners. Platinum hasn't moved in 20 years. It's the only thing in the world that hasn't moved in 20 years. I mean, it's the, the best negative inflation hedge I've ever seen. You might as well just bury your cash in the backyard. And, and, and I know that it's about vehicles, combustion, and all that stuff. But the fact of the matter is the equities all have a cash flow. The three biggest ones are all South African. You go, okay, maybe those guys are going to go nuts on me, right? Um, but they're, they're stupid cheap, stupid high-paying dividends. Um, the, the South Africans just have to hold their shit together for a couple of years for me to be okay. It's, no, so. it's, it's platinum, the sentiment of platinum is like, that's a conversation I haven't had too many times. Right, it's just completely dead. Like the market completely ignores it. And uh, yeah, I think you mentioned the factors. Like South Africa is one; they have to go deeper and deeper to mine. There are not a lot of new deposits because capex is insane for those bigger projects, or to, to build those. 
um, yeah, there's a margin, like a margin squeeze happening within the industry, I think, because production costs are higher. And then you mentioned geopolitical risk as well, South Africa. So you but have to- But their profit margins are massive right now. They're a royalty they trust, be. essentially, right? They're a they royalty trust. Yeah. And, and, and I asked a friend from the Royal Bank of Canada, um, can you get me some info on these platinum miners, right? And the guy's a, a metals junkie. And so I figured he can, and he sends me some stuff, and it's 2017. It, it reminds <laughs> me of Peter Lynch's book where he talked about going to uh, La Quinta. He walks up to the CEO and approaches the CEO of La Quinta Hotels. And the guy says, you're the first analyst to come and talk to me. <laughs> right? It's one of those. They've just been forgotten. And so... Um, you you might was, be actually right with that, yeah. I, I was out there giving podcasts and talking about Jaguar mining. <laughs> and you could see it moving. And I think I was moving it. I mean, I think it was it, it's that ridiculous. It's that thinly traded. That's, yeah, no, all Maybe the miners it's too are, small. Like, Maybe it's so small that the guys who actually deploy money don't bother. Maybe it's, it's 250, $250 million market cap. Like that doesn't even mm -hmm. pop up on any radar in New York, really. Right? Big enough for so, me. Yeah, no, for, <laughs> that's what I mean. It's great for retail. And I think some of the retail investors are playing, although it's been summer, right. volumes have been dead. And like there's been complete lack of interest over the summer. We'll, we'll see what it does, you know, in, in the fall. Gold seems to be holding steady and going up, actually. And uh, that, that, of course, changes positive, like sentiment as well. But uh, something needs to break first, I think. I always said, like before, the 401k money needs to be scared. Right? But I don't so think so if, anyone's if anyone's listening to this story and can tell me why Rio or the, these, a couple of these dirt cheap junior miners or the platinum miners are a bad idea, please send me an email. I mean, dbc6 <laughs> at cornell.edu, you can find it. If you can't find my email, given my personal information, I don't want to talk to you. You're not smart enough to talk to, right? So, so but if you, if you know why I'm about to get duped on these, let me know. But I I don't have big positions because I haven't yet put the last puzzle piece together. We should do a feedback round once you get those emails in. Well, we should talk about that and see what the, well, what I, the arguments I, are, I, right? I've, I've put it out on Twitter and said, someone tell me, and no one does. It's always about the yeah. engines. It's always about the engines. Yeah. No, it's, oh, everybody's like, but even like, let, let's talk copper, for example. BHP just put out a massive offer for Oz Minerals in Australia. I think it was an $8.4 billion offer to buy a copper miner. Right, so there are th those bigger miners, and they're now looking to sort of diversify a little bit to towards ener energy metals. They're called now; they're not base material or base commodities anymore. They're energy right. metals, right? Yeah, I know. So, but even that is unloved by the market. So, it's it, yep. it's puzzling, right? Um, but to, to sort of come back to the beginning of our conversation, like oh. talking about. Go ahead. The, apoc <laughs> the apocalypse. Um, exactly. Yes, so, the two the two black swans. I never got to them. Yeah. The one black swan is that, that Powell grew a spine and will hurt us badly. And then I got distracted. The second black swan to me, which I think is more destructive, is if Powell pivots and it doesn't work. And then all of a sudden, the, the entire model that the Fed will save us goes down the toilet. And so I think a failed pivot is way more dangerous than a failure to pivot. Yeah, because a failed pivot would mean like they're, they're lower interest rates or stop raising altogether. But do, do you, how, how likely do you see that to, to be with a jobs report that came out last week? I think the jobs report is fictional. 
That's a it, it doesn't make like, sense. It, like, it, it, it's it's like, like all of a sudden said, it was over 500,000 yeah, jobs. Yeah. I, like, think, I think they're just the making it up. They're making yeah. it up. One time, Zero Hedge did this great thing where there were there were two kinds of jobs, both of which supposedly were measured. One was temporary, one was you know full jobs or something like that. And they gave these two big you know multi-hundred thousand dollar numbers for the two. And Zero Hedge posted this little article that showed that if you divide one by the other, it came out to precisely 1.50000. And you go, they're just making it up. That's it. That's, I don't know. It didn't make any sense because all of a sudden, like we were under the jobs report. It was weaker. The next week, we had twice as many new jobs created. Like it seems, yeah, fictional. Like it, as a pragmatic, it just doesn't make any sense. I'm sure there's a logical explanation for something. Yeah, they yeah. lied. <laughs> It's like uh, I had, a, I read a comment on Twitter. I think it was by a friend of mine, and uh, he said, "Well, there's so many like, how do you call them, bean counters, right? That that follow the rules and guidelines. Like the question is like, where do they go get it wrong? Then where where does that come from? That all of a sudden the numbers are so wrong, especially the expectations. How can they miss so badly all of a sudden? Oh, because the the street level bean counters hand over their data to higher sources, and then yeah, there's famous stories of LBJ throwing the numbers back at some guy saying, "Make these better, right?" I, 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 if their lips are moving, they're lying. Is by general rule of thumb. So don't you think there would be any whistleblowers in the background, like somebody at uh, the data, the Department of Statistics or so, saying, "Hey, this doesn't make any sense," or do they? What? So they do it. What happens next? They get fired. Probably. So for yeah. a brief microsecond, some guys spoke up and then they're gone. Darwinian selection. For a brief moment, some animal was born with the wrong number of legs. Boom, they're gone. They're, they, they get scrubbed from the gene pool. So yeah. the gene pool is filled with survivors, right? And the survivors include doctors who supported the vaccine because they'd get fired, people who took the vaccine because they get fired, right? I mean, it just, it, it's just the way it works. No, I did. We, we, we transgressed a bit of talking about stocks, and I really enjoyed the discussion. But uh, I just want to talk, like maybe wrap up at our conversation for a second. Let's say um, Black Swan number two happens, and uh, people lose trust. The Fed, the Fed gets dissolved, or something happens there. Like, well, what I are don't the think next the Fed would necessarily or... dissolve. It would just be a, a faith loss. All of a sudden, there would be panicking. I, like, I, getting rid of the Fed is a different, altogether story. Yeah. I, I don't. If, if you want to talk about major regime changes, right, Bretton Woods 5.8 or whatever you want to do it, um, those are going to take a lot longer. Those, are, those happen after the blood is in the streets in a very big way. They're not also going to fix something by doing a regime change. They're going to, they're going to be picking up the pieces. Do you think so. World War III will be a trigger for that? Like, do you see that happening? Is that a possibility? It's like, I'm just looking for triggers, right? So I, I, I pray to God World War III doesn't happen. Because that'll be bad for everybody, but uh, it it needs a trigger. Well, if you're if you're listening to geopolitics, the odds that you're being lied to are through the roof. So I've paid very close attention to the extent I can the Ukraine story, and nothing coming out of what we'll call the mainstream press. And the mainstream press is very broadly based now. The, the only source that you can get anything is bloggers and people who care. So, so vast, vast majority of the information about Ukraine is just a big lie. And it's a big lie in all sorts of different ways. And, and they've completely shut down flow of information from Russia. So we don't get their side. We're told that Zelensky's a hero. He's a corrupt bastard. He's really he's a he is a he is a seriously corrupt bastard. The, the, the Ukrainian freedom fighters are a bunch of Nazis, literally, 
literally. Um, you can easily make a case, easily make a case that NATO caused the war, not just didn't help, not just didn't stop. They caused the war. I can make I will be making that case. Putin repeatedly approached NATO and said, you got to stop doing this or we're going to end up in a world of trouble. And NATO not only said, you know, we can't do that, which would be maybe rational. They said, we don't care. We don't care what you think. We flipped them off. When you tell Russia you don't care what their sovereign needs are, you're a problem. They want to be taken serious as well as a sovereign nation. Well, sovereign nations have to respect sovereign nations, period. It doesn't matter which one. And, and, and if not, then you better be ready. If, if, you, if you want to blow off a sovereign nation, you better be ready to take them out easily. And Russia's not going away. And so I think NATO is, uh, I don't doubt, it's like a fight where someone threw the first punch doesn't mean that that person started the fight, right? And my goal in a fight is to make sure that I throw the first punch. I knew that as a kid, miss, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I better assess at the point where, okay, this is now unavoidable. Now the goal is to get the person that realize that I know it's unavoidable and then, and then clobber the bastard, right? So I think... Um, Putin threw the first punch, but I think NATO caused the fight. No. Period. I think it's that simple. Well, there's been a lot of agitation, obviously, like about moving the border and stuff further east. Well, not just so. that, but you know, and, and the, the Azov Battalion amassed a hundred thousand troops. These literally are Nazis, right? These are not just Nazis metaphorically. These are Nazis who celebrate, you know, Stepan Banderas' birthday, who 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 is a famous, you know, U Ukrainian fighting. Uh, Nazi affiliated with Hitler, right? These are real Nazis. And they were in the Azov style and they had, they'd formed a stronghold in Mariupol where, uh, where, where, where we, uh, Putin bombed the shit out of me. Oh, well, let me see if I got this right. Putin surrounded 100,000 Nazis and then wiped them out. How is that irrational? It's rough. It's bare knuckle. But if you're Ukrainian and 20 million of your, your countrymen law, lost their lives to the Nazis. And now they're getting active again on your southern border. What are you going to do? The United States would rub them out completely and it wouldn't take 20 seconds. So so Putin had to do it. I think Putin had to move on on the neo-Nazis and they're not even neo. They're just Nazis in Mariupol. And and uh, and then I can find people say there are no Nazis in Mariupol. I I but I can tell you, there's real smart guys. And what you do is you read literature from, you read articles from 2018 or 19. And they're horror stories about how bad the leaders are, how corrupt the country is, how bad the Nazis are. The minute the war started, all of a sudden, everyone's a good guy in Ukraine. Interesting. Yeah, It's no, just it, a lie. It's just yeah. a lie. So the story changed quickly, right? It went to black and white easily. Like it went back to Cold War pre-1990. Yeah. And the right. Ukrainians, by the way, are the victims. There's no question that's true. But when Zelensky says, uh, we'll fight to the last Ukrainian, I think there's some moms going, you know, I'm not so sure I agree with you on that one. A suicide mission for my son doesn't sit well with me. And you can say that all you want, but this is a proxy war. So the moms ought to be saying, no, not my son. Right. And they're tough. But. So, I, 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 again, back to the fact that nothing is truthful anymore. And, and, you know, raiding Trump's house last night, I think, will cause way more problems than some people think. Trump haters think, oh, yeah, we finally got him. 
They don't realize in the red states, there's a bunch of guys locking and loading right now. They're so mad. They have no idea how problematic raiding Mar-a-Lago was last night. Or they do, and my model of why they did it is wrong. If they did it just to give Trump holy hell, they might have bit off more than they can chew. Because it's going to be a, a rallying there. Like a, 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 a Rubicon. It was a yeah. Rubicon. Just for a former president. And I did president, a Twitter like... poll last night. I did a Twitter yeah. poll last night. 90% of the polls said they crossed the Rubicon on that one. Yeah. Did they know it? So they either didn't realize, which means they're stupid beyond Kamala Harris level stupid. Okay. Or I'm stupid because I don't understand the plot. And they stirred up some serious, serious, serious internal struggle in the United States for some other reason, which gets you right away into the World Economic Forum and all that stuff. And it's all real and it's all garbled. And I just anyone who thinks they understand the World Economic Forum is delusional because they're blatantly bizarre. It's not wanting us to eat crickets. It's just it's it's mind blowing what's going on there. It's tough to follow anymore as well because there's so many fact like sidearms to the main story now. But it's getting well. more absurd. Even they went from you won't own anything and you'll be happy. One of the most recent catchphrases was um, "There's no reason why life has to be fulfilling." <laughs> I'm going boom, boom. You you just said something that made all their other statements look benign. Yeah, life has to be fulfilling. Period. For everybody. What's the, what's the whole point then otherwise? Like... What's the purpose? Just <laughs> shoot yourself then. Just shoot yeah. yourself. So Crazy. this is this is frustrating me. Yeah. And I see a rising authoritarianism. So my apocalypse is complete loss of any sense of democracy. That's my apocalypse. Yeah. I, I think that's author- where it's headed. It's like it's starting to feel like we're heading there. Like there's so many examples for that, and we could talk about this for hours. Like the trucker protests in Canada was another example for that. And the like, that is the like, hammering the farmers in, in 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 the Netherlands, and oh my god. Ex- there can't be a first order reason for doing that. There's got to be something much deeper. You don't pick on farmers. You don't pick on truckers. It's yeah. that simple. But Those they are, did. Exactly. So, and, and and on that note, I think we need to end this here, Dave. Um, just want to keep My this pleasure. up. It's been absolutely fun, an absolute pleasure chatting with you, uh, getting your insights, chatting mining stocks as well. Uh, didn't get didn't expect to get that far with you. Um, and also, yeah. What is happening in the world? Like, what is happening, right? Trying to make sense of it all. So really appreciate your time, Dave. Thanks for coming on. And to everybody else, really appreciate you tuning in. Thanks for watching SF Live. We were joined by Dave Collum. Please follow him on Twitter. And to email him, like you suggested. Like, email him, like, why are the miners so cheap? If you have an opinion, like, it's way beyond my imagination and, like, critical thinking levels, like, why that is the case. Because especially in Me this too. day and age, it's just mind-blowing so if you have an explanation email him and i'll get him back on the program to discuss your 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 feedback really appreciate it make sure to follow us on youtube follow us on twitter and uh, we'll be back with more content very soon thank you so much